This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey guys, this week, a good episode. My guest is Tara Herman. She is one of the producers of Orange is the New Black which was our book club book. And this conversation was so much more than just oranges and new black. We talked about parenting. We talked about marriage. We talked about sexuality. We talked about uh, jobs she had before she was a producer, not finishing college. Um, and obviously oranges, the new black. It was an amazing conversation. Tara is friends with my friend, Christine Pierce, who's one of my closest friends for years and years. And I was so delighted and thrilled uh, to have this great conversation. I enjoyed it so much. I hope you enjoyed it. You, I hope you will enjoy it too. So thanks for coming back this week. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tara Herman. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. I love this new trend of the bold wallpaper. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're a Southern girl, right? Yes. So that's very, yeah. I did a whole big thing in in our uh, entryway, like bold like this. Right. Where, and I, I had to have the, a designer's opinion on it. Like, I don't think I would have chosen it myself. I'm more like neutral girl, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun, isn't it? I, it is so fun. So fun. It's so fun. I love I, it. I um, I was re I I was very shabby chic back when shabby chic was super popular. Yeah. And um, Bert and I started dating, and my whole house I would live in an apartment by myself. Everything was super shabby chic. Yeah. I bought half the stuff from the Rose Bowl flea market. You know, just like really truly. And I love remember it. him coming to my apartment, going, "Wow, do you live with your grandmother?" <laughs> And I was yeah. like, no. It's not very boy-friendly, is it? No. So I haven't been able to, like, girly it up. Yeah. Oh, nice. So this now space got, yeah, is, like, pink and, yeah. Exactly. It's my modern shabby yes, chic yes, uh, yes. sensibilities. I love it. In my space. Because my girls aren't this girly either. They're oh. just they're just not. Yeah. Girly. Yeah. Um, they're not masculine they're just not girly girly yeah like femmy yeah. pinky princessy yeah yeah i'm not yeah. really either but there's this one little piece same same yeah yeah in especially in a place where you want to be creative for me like i like to add some pinks and yeah yeah flowers flare. yeah <laughs> some flair. So your girls, yeah, I have a girl and i tried also not to push any of that on her because it's like you don't want I don't know. Yeah. I'm, as a parent, you're learning all these things that your own parent pushed on you. 
And you're like, wait, I don't actually like that. It's just I was told I needed to like that. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yes. And it's hard. Sometimes you you're doing it and you don't realize you're doing it. That's the thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to pause and go, oh, hold on. I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Those are big moments lately. <laughs> are they? Well, just or just like, well, that's going to be the thing he's going to seek therapy for. <laughs> I have done that. I've told both our girls. I was like, listen, you're going to need therapy. Yeah. I did my best. Yeah. But that's all we can do. I mean, that's your dad's a lunatic. <laughs> so the therapy is totally from him. That's I right. mean, let's that's face right. it. That's I was right. pretty much perfection. No, I've been like, we please seek help. Yeah. Like, yeah, please. Yeah. 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 Get another opinion yeah. on this whole matter. Yeah. Yeah. I will not take it personally. Right. Because I for sure did not know what I was doing and just kind of was winging it. Yeah. And how old is your son? He's 15. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So How's it going? I mean, it's strange to be raising, uh, I mean, a, a, a kid right now, given all sorts of things like political and socially and culture and where we are with COVID and all those things. It's just like a tricky time to have kids. But then add a teenager in Los Angeles. And, you know, I grew up um, in Kansas. Oh, okay. Um, and so... I mean, I think you probably have this had the same like, how do you keep them grounded mm -hmm. when they're going to schools? I mean, you know, my daughter's in the public school, but uh, my son's in a private school go, and he's got fancy friends yeah. and um, and all the resources in the world here and the big, you know, the big city. The city just became a lot dirtier and bigger when I when he started to like branch out into it mm -hmm. more. Um but I don't know. It's like you said, doing our best. It is a challenge, though. In L.A., there's challenges everywhere. I think I have a cousin who has a daughter that's two weeks younger than Georgia, than our oldest daughter. Mm -hmm. And they're going through very different things at the same time uh -huh. because she's in a very small town in Georgia. Right. Like, tiny, tiny town. Right. And Georgia's in L.A. Yeah. Some things are the same. Yeah. And then some things you go, oh, Georgia's totally not doing that yet. Yes, right. And then yes. she's totally not doing what Georgia's doing. Yeah. Like there, it's interesting how an environment affects some things, but not others. Totally. Like they both got tattoos. They're both freshmen in college. They both got tattoos. God, and I was that's like, never going to change, is it? No, I don't think so. And it doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> that's funny. You know, tiny Georgia. Did you get a freshman year tattoo? I wanted one really bad. And every yep. time I went to get one, I was drunk and they wouldn't give me one. Oh, funny. So I you finally got, got one up. when I was 23. Okay. Because I was sober and was like. Was sober at that moment <laughs> and went, how about now? And yeah. Then, okay. okay, fine. But yeah, I think it is kind of the thing. But then. Wait, what know, is your tattoo? I'm curious. It's a sun. It's right here. Okay. Right here. It's a sun. sun. Okay. It was a black Cute. sun. Um, Cute. I actually wanted a dragon uh -huh. that started on the ball of my foot and wrapped around my Ooh. entire foot with a tail that wrapped around my ankle. I could see that being a 23-year-old wish. Right? Yes. Wanted it badly. Yeah. And the tattoo artist was like, we don't do feet or hands oh. because the, the skin the on nerves. your feet. Yeah. No, the skin oh. um, sheds like 20 times faster than the skin in the rest of your body. Oh. So the tattoo will eventually be gone. Oh. And Which might have been okay with that dragon situation. I might have been okay with that. <laughs> but he didn't want to put his art on something temporary. I see. Okay. And I was like, then just give me a sun. Okay. I just need to scratch this itch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah, itching yeah. for a long time yeah. here. Yeah. So I know my nieces who are in St. Louis and about that same age, 
yeah, or like dying, dying, like when I'm going to get it. And I also got a one um, when I was too young. I think I was only 17. And uh, it's right on the middle of my ass cheek, like not in, <laughs> it's a weird place. It's, I don't know. And then it's a uh, four leaf clover with a shooting star through it. <laughs> Which is like also very 17 like. <laughs> so I keep telling them I don't regret it. Yeah. It's definitely like a moment in time. Sure. You know, and thankfully not a lot of people can see it. If it was like, you know, here or something, I think I would regret it yeah. probably. So yeah. Keep it somewhere. Discreet. Yeah. Discreet. Yeah. I feel the same way. I don't regret mine. Um, yeah. If I got one today, it wouldn't be a black sun. No. Have but you thought about getting another one? I have. And I don't think it goes with my brand. <laughs> like, I mean, not that you walk around branded, but I look at myself in the mirror. Like, I, the, <laughs> yeah, so I went to dinner at a friend's house the other night. My friend is um, is Chinese. It's Sandy. And she has two daughters who are very into trend super high fashion, right? So I wore a very simple cashmere sweater that had like stripes across the chest, but it was blue. And then it had like red and yellow and whatever yeah. stripes. Yeah. And she, the youngest daughter looks me up and down and goes, that's on brand for you. That's very preppy. Oh, that that's, that's the direction you should be going in. <laughs> I was like, that's the first compliment I've gotten from you in years. Oh, funny. So note taken. Note taken. I'll just preppy, stay in the preppy brand preppy because brand. I am Whitey McWhite yeah. compared to you guys yeah, who are yeah, so yeah. urban and hip yes, and whatever. Right, 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 right. So, so that's what I think about when I get a tattoo now. I go, uh, really? I'm going to look ridiculous. going to throw off my brand. Yes. I'm a 52-year-old, very white woman, you know? Well, still, you could keep it discreet. I could keep it discreet. discreet. <laughs> Georgia wanted the... She wanted the four of us to get a matching tattoo for when she went to college so we'd stay connected. And um, (laughs) Bert said, no, he's not getting a tattoo. He has no tattoos. He has no tattoos. And Isla said she, uh, Georgia wanted us all get a baby bird. So there's this very famous picture that Isla drew. Isla's our youngest. Yeah. When uh, she's she the, the artist. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cute. When she was really little, she drew a family picture. Aww. There was a daddy fish, a mommy fish, a Georgia fish, and an octopus. <laughs> like the black sheep style, but an exactly. octopus. Yeah. Exactly. So oh. she was like, if we're going to get matching tattoos, I'm going to get an eagle and you can all get a baby bird. And we were like... <laughs> That's great. That's great. I mean, that's so funny. Like, it's a family tattoo, but mine's different. But mine's different. It'll still be a bird, (laughs) but I'm not doing what you're doing. You guys can match it up, but I'm the octopus. Remember, three fish, one octopus. Um, My, I have one of three sisters in the middle, and my youngest sister was suggesting that the three of us get matching tattoos. And my oldest sister is not about tattoos, and she's got the daughters who really want them, but have been sort of told by their mom, like, "Mm, not a good idea. Mm -hmm. So she was against the sister tattoo. And my sister Megan then was like, well, I'm fine. Then Tara and I will get one. I was like, well, it's really like a sister tattoo if we're not all getting it. She was slightly offended. I wouldn't just like go in on it with her. But it feels wrong to get a sister tattoo when you have three all together and only two of you get it. Yeah. Was she hoping that the two of you would get it and the third would go, okay, fine. Maybe. Maybe. But I don't think you're breaking it. I don't think you're breaking this one. <laughs> no, it's a definite no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm I I like I said, I have no regrets for mine. And I don't think my daughter will regret hers. Hers is in a discreet place. Um her dad was not cool with it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Bert was not cool with it. I've um I've now listened in in um preparation to come on. I've I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, which yeah. have been so fun. Oh, but thank I you. am surprised sometimes by some like more conservative views that Bert has where it, if I'm like, oh, that surprises me. You know, it is surprising. People don't really believe that he's very white picket fence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he really is very white picket fence. Um, until he he got really, really busy starting about maybe a year ago. And before that, he was like daddy on duty when he was home. Yeah. And really conservative with a lot of his parenting stuff. I would say I was definitely more liberal and lenient. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it? Yeah. Because I'm kind of the drill sergeant of the whole team. Well, yeah. Preppy's your brand. Preppy's my <laughs> brand. Come on. So, and I'm like, schedule, schedule, schedule. We'll do this here and there. But, you know, as our then senior in the high school last year was going through the lying, the sneaking, all that stuff. That stuff. Some of it, I was really like, I understand what's happening and we're just going to turn a blind eye to certain things. Yeah. Other deal breaker things, you know, lying to me about why you didn't take your shoes upstairs is very different than lying to me about where you are physically (laughs) and if you're drinking, right? Right, right, right. The lie about the shoes is about you trying to be independent. Yeah, 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 yeah. So is the other lie. But the other lie can cause harm to yourself or others. That's right. The shoes doesn't really matter. Yeah. So am I going to be a drill sergeant for everything? Right. No. Right. Yeah. But Bert would have preferred I be a drill sergeant to everything. And Mm. I'm like, then you're going to, she's going to hate us. Like, and I don't care if she doesn't like me for something I do parenting, but there's no point in, listen, my mom forced me into one avenue. Yes. Right. Right. And the backlash of that is so much worse yeah. than letting the lie about the shoes yeah. slide. Well, you should have also told her, do you want me to be a drill sergeant on you about everything? Because <laughs> I do pick my battles there. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I wish you'd been on my shoulder going, say this to him now, because boy, right? You're yeah. right. Yeah. No, he would hate funny. that. Yeah. And they're the same person. So is that right? Yeah. Isn't that funny how they just sort of yeah my I think my daughter is looking to be a little bit more like my husband probably oh yeah a little more free-spirited I don't know we'll see they're still forming yeah totally they're well tiny. so are mine yeah at 16 and 18 yeah it's George is definitely figuring out who she is she keeps uh, calling me with stuff she's doing she called one day and she goes so uh, what would you say if I shaved my head I'd say I uh, hope you have a good hat because it's cold where you are <laughs> So um, you're going to be cold. And she goes, it wouldn't make you mad. And I went, it's just hair. It's going to grow back. This is so interesting you bring this up because my daughter, this, she's eight. And she, this past Halloween, wanted to be 11 from Stranger Things. Uh And she wanted to shave her head Mm -hmm. to do it. And that's commitment. I was kind of like, okay. I I kind of thought, like, if you can shave your head when you're eight, you can do anything. Yeah. Like there is such a, like a tie, especially for women to our hair and, you know, what it means and reflects and all that. I just thought like, I wanted to let her do it and be badass. And then as it got closer, my husband started to kind of like speak up about, I don't, I don't know if I'm into this. I don't want to, I don't know if I support it. And when he was first talking about it, it was coming across as like, 
uh, because it won't be attractive. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, then it won't be like, why right. is our hair? And by the way, my husband is bald. <laughs> like, and, and, and he also has all this emotional tie to hair. Mm -hmm. Um, he lost his, so mm -hmm. that sucks. No choice. Yeah. No choice. Yeah. And so we kind of went back and forth. And then ultimately I have this hairdresser who she moved too far away. So I don't see her anymore, but I always like trusted her and she cut my daughter's hair growing when she was like, toddler. So I reached out to her, like, what would you do? And she said, honestly, I feel like eight is a little too young to make that choice because mm. it is last, it lasts a long time. I mm. mean, a, a fully shaved head is not going to grow back for a long time and she might live to regret it. And is that like something that at eight you need to, you know, as the parent, I think you have, you, you can still like save her from that right. like regret. Right. Um, so we we ended up compromising with like a side shave that co is covered right. just because she wanted to get that like badass thing out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we now it's grown out, you know, like half inch. And I'm I'm saying to her, like, your whole head would have been this. And she thinks she would have been OK with it. And still. So we decided to we'd let her do it at 11 if she wants to still do it. Right. And we made the point like Millie Bobby Brown got paid a lot of money to shave her head. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody's paying you. Right. <laughs> That's really cool, though. It's cool that you called for advice. Yeah. Good advice. She gave you good advice. Yeah, yeah. I think she said, too, and this made a lot of sense, um, for better or worse, culturally, there could have been a lot of assumptions like, is she transgender? Mm -hmm. Is she, you know? Yeah. Um, and maybe that would be another um, effect on her in such a like prime time for growth that right. you don't necessarily want. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do it if you don't have to? That's right. Yeah. yeah that makes total sense to me. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. But all these, these choices that we have to make as parents, I'm having this revelation as of the mother of a teen, just like I wasn't, I was not prepared. I, I had not really like envisioned past like Oh, I have a toddler. I'm like a little sweet little girl or boy. And then it gets real. And you, for some reason, I think I just thought I was going to skate through it. The cool mom. Yeah. And no, you, nobody ever gets a skate. No mom is no. too cool for their teenager. It's the truth. I think a lot of people feel like that, that this is because what happens, I think once they get to be about six to probably about 11 or 12, there's a real sweet spot. Or they're still pretty amenable. Yeah. They follow the rules. They're right. happy. That's just right. You're like happy. lured into this belief that exactly. you have the most amazing relationship. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and actually you do. You do. But what yeah. starts happening in their physical body biologically turns them into, you know, Linda Blair. Yes. They're just right. the exorcist all of a sudden. And you're having outer body experiences going, wait a minute. Yep. Like a year ago, we were sitting on the couch reading a book together. Yes, and now yes, you yes. are literally predator. Yeah. I am I can't even <laughs> see you so in the room, true. but I know you're here and you're gonna kill me. Yes. It's, yes. It's a bizarre transition. And sometimes it happens suddenly, you know, because what happens in their body happens suddenly. Right. I read a great book about raising girls. I'm sure there's an equivalent for boys, but since I don't have boys, mm -hmm. I didn't no, read it. No, tell me. Yeah. About it was called um Oh, my God, I can see the cover. Uh, Untangled. Oh, yes, I read that. Great yes, book, right? I agree, yep. There was so much in that book I took with me into parenting. I read it when Georgia was, I think, maybe in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. And yeah. I took it with me 
through all those, she's lying. I know she's lying, mm -hmm. but now's not the time to call her on the lie. Right. And right, understanding right. what's going on biologically for her and making the decisions when to push and when to, to not push. Yeah. That book helped me tremendously. Oh, that's cool. I have to think. Yeah, I, did, I read it, but my daughter was like still very young. So I, I hadn't made the connection of like how it can it will help in those days. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what's going on in a boy's body or brain in their development, but that book laid it out. You know, they're psychotic. Yeah, like, they really are. Their brain yeah. is psychotic. So if you deal with a psychotic person, <laughs> you stick to the facts. That's right. You don't react. That's right. You keep your Ugh. emotions in check. Gosh, it is hard, though, sometimes. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's so hard. Yes. And you know, something that was helpful for me was having spies. Oh, yeah. I had some really trusted spies. Like the cousins? Cause, no, not peer group spies. Oh. Because I think that that is, I think that that is too much pressure for the peer. Yeah, yeah, yes. Right, I right, right. parent spies. Parent spies. Teacher spies. Teacher spies. Okay. Adult spies. Yeah. Where I was. Really give you the real. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the time they would give me the real because their kid had told them the real where mm -hmm. my kid was concerned. Right. And so I want to know that. Yeah. So that I know what I'm dealing with. That's a good point. Yeah. I am starting to kind of like, because they're, when they're little, you're kind of getting together with the other parents. And then for a little while, mm -hmm. uh, there's, there isn't that parent connection, but mm -hmm. now, as teenager, I think it's nice to kind of reconnect to the parents of the friends. Yes. To like hear, right when they're at their house, what's going on to help each other. Yeah. Is right. You're in war. Yes. Like for part of this time, you're like at battle. Yeah. So you have to have some other sergeants. And to be honest about like, honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. No judgment. No Just judgment. like, this is what I see in your son when he's with me. And this yes. is what, or daughter. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting and great about my group of spies <laughs> is that no one would tattletale, but they would wait for me to go, Hey, Something's yes. going on with Georgia. Do you have any insight? That's right. That's and they would good. go, yeah. yes, I actually do. You know, my daughter said X, Y, Z to me. Perhaps this is part of the puzzle. That's a good point. You know? Yeah, because I have had parents do that uh, come to me in that way. And I should remember to do that, too, to use utilize that. Yeah, to reach out. To reach out. Yeah. And I, d I never asked or expected anybody to tell on my kid. Right. But I did say... I'm going to I'm going to throw my fishing net out and see what I gather. Yeah. And then I can put that in my little noggin and know if she's doing something wrong, she may have a motivation I never would have been aware of if I hadn't asked. That's right. That community. Yeah. Of yeah women. Yeah. yeah. What's happening? Um, I love it. This is like, uh, you know, I'm in the TV business. So then I'm always like. It could be a TV show, like the spies, the mom spies. That could be a TV show. <laughs> it could totally be a TV show. Like the oh, big a web of moms. Yeah, the web <laughs> of moms. <laughs> Something like that. Right. Again. Yeah. <laughs> we gotcha. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. you know, I don't know. I think. And then they, that's the other thing is not outing where you got the information. No, with never the did. kid. Yeah. And also just not outing the kid necessarily, just right. opening the conversation, That's keeping right. that conversation open. That's right. You know, the thing about being a parent of a teenager is it's all about strategy. Yeah. You have to out strategize them. 
You really do. Yes, yes, Because yes. I got information from a spy. Oh, my God. I'm already seeing the board with the lines, oh the strategy. Oh, my God. I will help you develop okay, this yes, show if you yes, want. Yes, I love it. Um, but I, something was going on with Georgia. I was sniffing a rat, and I called a spy, and the spy told me. And I thought to myself, she will figure out who the spy is yeah. if I say something to her now. Right, 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 right. And that right, not right. only outs my spy, that outs the spy's child. Source. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to sit on this. Yeah. And I'm going to sit pass. on it yeah. a long time. <laughs> but I'm going to know what's happening and why without letting her know that. Right, right, right. And then right. In a, months later, probably two months later, I asked her. A simple, uh, is there something you need to tell me about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. X, Y, Z? And she was like, what do you mean? Uh-huh. And I was like, I just have a feeling X, Y, Z is going on. Is there something you want to talk about? And she spilled all her guts. Yeah. Do you know how much self-control it took for me to sit on that for I that know. long? For months. I sat on it for months. Wow. It was killing me. Wow. But. Uh, when you're a parent of a teenager, the most important thing is that you're effective. Yes, right. Right? Right, right, right. Yeah. It's not yeah. that you know or you ha- have the right answer. Yeah. It's really that you're effective in your parenting. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been effective if I had just gone to her and went so-and-so said. Yes, yes, you know, yes. Which is kind of what would shortcut everything, but not really. This It's interesting, too. The spyhood, they would need to... It, it, there's a difference, I think, between spying on girls and spying on boys because oh, yeah. the girls, well, we are girls. We come from girls. So mm-hmm. we know like where you're able to sit on it. She's also able to like it's an it's a more of a like coming at it from both sides yeah. where boys are a little more just like straightforward and easier to catch, quite honestly. <laughs> I bet. And probably easier to address. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't react to it emotionally. Yeah. There's going to be more of a direct, right, as much. As much. Yeah. That's changing, though. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're conditioning them a little differently now. I think so. Yeah. What's it like having a boy? Um, well, I also have a husband who is not too far away from your husband in terms of just like a giant boy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) A nine-year-old teenager. Nine-year-old teenager. What I say. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. I mean, I think generally I've, I've heard you talk about this too, just the way that boys and girls, male, female are wired already creates like a a difference. Um, so I guess, I don't know. Uh, you're right. Emotionally, I think living now, he understands how to appeal to my emotions Mm -hmm. in like a manipulative way. You your know? son or your husband? Son. Okay. And maybe my husband. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean in a manipulative way? Well, what just do you mean? Like, like um, you know, to get out of something, uh. there will be more of like a, um, I'm trying to like come up with a specific, but like a pull on my heartstrings yes. kind of a thing yes. that will make me like, oh, oh he's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. fine. I'll forget about it. I'll forgive him. You know? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. you see, mom, have you been stressed at work or something, you know, like we'll kind of re, re, uh, um, frame the conversation and then <laughs> throws me. <laughs> That's great. Um, sort of great. Yeah. But also, um, you know, just, just the notion of teenager out there, 
you know, the drugs, mm -hmm. the drinking mm -hmm. and the baby making mm -hmm. <laughs> like the three things that I don't think it ever changes. Parents are like, I don't just make good choices, make good choices, make good choices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, we laid a great foundation. We can we just hope he's out there making good choices. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. And that's not worry. all you can do. The worrying is not the work. And that's what I have to like keep telling myself. Great like, phase, phrase. Yeah, it doesn't. I stole that from another writer, but. But great phrase. Yeah. The worrying is not the work. Mm -hmm. It's the work. The work is the work. The work is the work. Yeah. And the worrying gives it's nothing. It's nothing. It doesn't help anything. It's so funny. I'm going to tell that to Bert because I don't worry about my kids. I don't. Because when a problem comes up, we just address it. That's right. And then you let go of it. Yeah. Because you have to trust that they've learned their lesson. Or if they haven't, that they'll learn it the next time. Mm -hmm. And you can't you can't force them to not live their life. You know what I mean? And that's true in parenting and also in like that's what makes a good producer in the television world is like not worrying. Mm -hmm. It's just like when a problem arises, I'm going to tackle it. Right. But I'm not going to sit around and come up with, you know, scenarios mm -hmm. of like doom and gloom right. because that's what's the point what's the point waste of time aren't I mean, you busy be prepared but yeah this show is sponsored by better help i don't know if you've ever been in therapy but i have been in therapy for a while and therapy for me has changed meaning like in the beginning I had a lot of things I needed to figure out about my childhood and about why my behaviors today, why I was doing some of the behaviors uh, that I was doing. And I knew that there, a lot of them were related from relationships I had when I was younger. That's why I started therapy. But I'm still in therapy because my therapist is like a mentor. And if I have problems in my day-to-day -day life, she is, is so helpful because she knows my whole history and she knows how I tick. And it's just so great to know that there's someone you can call who has no agenda other than helping you help yourself be a better person. If you haven't tried therapy, I highly recommend it. And I know therapy can be hard because it's time out of your day. You got to go from office to office looking to find the right person for you. And that can be kind of prohibitive. It can be discouraging for sure. But better help is a place where it eliminates some of that for you in that you take a questionnaire and they place you with therapists that are geared to help you with whatever you want to work on. If you have some serious mental health problems or if you're just kind of stuck in life, therapy can be, it can, or if you're just kind of stuck in life, therapy can be helpful for any of those things. So take the questionnaire and you know what? If you don't like the therapist you've been paired with, you can switch. You can switch for free. It's super easy. And I mean, why not try something to improve yourself if you're feeling like you need that help? Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash wife today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash wife. BetterHelp. I mean, why not get help? If you need it, betterhelp.com slash wife. Yeah, Let's exactly. talk about your career. Yeah. So this is why I invited you here anyway, but well, 
I love talking about people stuff. I do too. I love I life. Do too. You're yeah. so lovely. How come I've never met you? I know. You know, we'd have to ask Christine. So we have a friend in common, Christine, who yeah. I um, went to school with from middle school, high, middle school, high school. And then we both had like a, just a blip of a college Wait, <laughs> I think experience. I met you at her wedding. I didn't go to her wedding, but I did. No? I think there was a dinner like years and years, 10 years ago. And I know Bert was there. So I'm, oh, but yeah. I'm not sure if you were there or not. It Probably. was like a birthday dinner for Christine down in the marina and her uh -huh. parents were there. Uh-huh. I yeah. think I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but anyway, once, whatever. Yeah. Um, um Yes. Yeah. So we're, yeah, probably about the same age. I came out um, like Christine. Uh, I was asked to leave Kansas University. Actually, I don't know if Christine actually was asked to leave, but. Um, asked to leave? Why? Well, I didn't go to back to my classes after like midterms of my freshman year. I just, uh, uh, I don't know. At the time, look, it's all turned out for the best. Yeah, it was totally. the right choice. But at oh, the time, I didn't graduate from college. So, <laughs> but I carried, I carried a chip on my shoulder for a long time about it. Like I just didn't feel like I measured up then to mm -hmm. a lot of other people and sort of like, I, I know I wasn't like broadcasting that I didn't finish college. Um, until recently, I've really kind of adopted it. Sorry, hit the mic there as part of my story, because um, I am starting to see how just learning differences now having a kid, I have a kid who has ADHD and so severe that we have him now in a specialized school with other kids with learning challenges like dyslexia and dysgraphia mm -hmm. and stuff. And we're I think we're coming to know as a society that not every kid learns the same, which is great. There is like a standard way to teach kids. Um, but at the time I was just like, I'm not getting this. I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. This feels like a waste of money of my parents. And also I went to Kansas Un University, which was like 45 minutes from home. And it was kind of an extension of high school. And I loved high school. Uh, but I was sort of ready to move on. So mm -hmm. at 19, I just told my parents, like, I, I just want to go get life started. And I kind of feel like I want to live in Los Angeles. Wow. Yeah. And I, I probably, I think Christine said to you started out with like, I want to be an actress. I don't know. Like yeah. that was the thing that we saw on TV. Right. I didn't know what jobs there were in yeah. Hollywood necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, so God bless my parents. Just all right, let's do it. So we, my dad and I loaded a U-Haul and drove out and a friend of a friend lived in Westwood here in U, near UCLA. And I shared a studio apartment with her and like waited tables and kind of futzed around until my dad finally said, you know, maybe you need to learn a trade. Um, so I was like, <laughs> repair cars? I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, plumbing? Um, but then I, you know, um, realized that like the unions here are a thing. Yeah. And like, what job could I possibly latch into that doesn't need a college degree right away? Mm -hmm. um, so I went to makeup school and I learned the art of uh, makeup for television and film, special effects, all that stuff. And uh, um, found work kind of right away. Like I did the student film thing and then met people and started finding work. And for a long time, I worked at the TV Guide channel, mm -hmm. which is non-existent now because we have DVR and TiVo came along. Mm -hmm. But at the time it was like on the bottom, it scrolled what was on TV. And on the top, there were um, 
people reporting from red carpet events, but also in studio. So I did their makeup and it was great. And then because of technology that went away and then I was forced to kind of like, once again, like, is this what I really want to be doing now that I'm here? And I've seen sort of all the roles. Um, I was mostly connecting with the producers on set or the writers. And so a friend of mine who was a screenwriter, um, and these connections that you make early, early life, like his girlfriend, now wife, was my good friend that I met waiting tables. Mm. And they're still my great friends today. And Amazing. Bless him. He urged me to like give it a shot. And I literally would like read how to write a script books and um, and just started writing back then. Now it's all about writing an original spec for people to read. But mm. um it's like write an episode of Friends. So I did that and an episode of King of Queens. I don't know if you know that show. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and then, you know, started just assisting and moving through development stuff. Um, and then eventually fell into the world of Genji Cohan, who was the creator of Weeds mm -hmm. and then went on to do Orange is the New Black. And um, there was just a, a creative connection there. And she... Um, tapped me into a lot of different roles. So I really got to see um, the inner workings of the whole production from, from with Orange was the book mm -hmm. and um, pitching it and uh, selling it and then developing it and outlining it and, um, and then hiring a writer's room. And I mean, all of it to, wow. then to, um, to air. And then I stayed with it all, uh, seven seasons. It's funny. I listened to the book, <laughs> the book club episode of your podcast. And, uh, you said something about like, I wish I'd had, I wish I had my phone where I could like play the snippet, but y you're like, um, yeah, I watched the first season. And then I, oh, there's a second. Uh, no, we're all done with that. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> I know. Sorry. First season I was in, second season I was like, ah, I can't do it. Yeah, that's I it. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I think I may have some ADHD also. It's fine. Um, no, I'm I'm totally kidding. Of course. Yes, I well, mean, listen, it's subjective. The art is subjective. That and it is. Well, if that clip really offended you, you wouldn't be here. It was so, right. That's right. No, no. Of course it didn't offend me. No. I just thought it, it was funny because I was listening and like, <laughs> oh, like, oh, my God, oh, that's great. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Who is this woman? <laughs> but Never mind. What I loved about and what's interesting about all the things that you talked about, went on to talk about with the book, where you felt like you wanted to know more about like the prison industrial complex stuff. So we did get into that in the later seasons. Later seasons. <laughs> I should have, I should go back and watch it again. <laughs> maybe, then. maybe. I totally Now will. knowing. Yeah, yeah. We really got, um, we went to some really cool places. I'm really proud of, um, it was, it was such an opportunity to be able to, um, we, we talk about like hide the broccoli in like, discussing politics or mm -hmm. um, any sort of like deep rooted philosophy, religion, those things. Like you don't want to be outright with your opinion on TV right. because right. It, the, it's a broad cast of characters coming from all different lives. And I think that's what people were attracted to about the show. And mm -hmm. that's definitely what Genji was attracted to about the book was you, you met Piper, but then all those women that mm -hmm. populated her world and what we got to do on the show was then like flashback even further into all those characters' lives and how they got there and and the choices they made that resulted in 
and often, um, often what we learned from Piper, the real Piper, um, is that it was for the benefit of a man, the choices that they made that landed them in prison. For all of those women? Not all of them, but that was sort of a like- Recurring theme. Recurring theme. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Answered the phone at a thing or, I mean, they were like small infractions that led to big charges. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, I'll have to go back and watch the other seasons. You know, it's so funny. I've been, I've been, I've been, my youngest daughter and I have started watching series together and we watched Game of Thrones. Okay. Together. See, I've never done that one. Oh, you love it? Yes. I've watched it now twice. I watched it because they were too young the first time. And now I've watched it with my oh, Okay. Okay. And I keep thinking we should watch Orange is the New Black because, um, the, the things that I liked about the show, uh, I liked a lot about the show. I watched the whole first season and I loved it. I couldn't wait for every episode. But there's so many different types of women. Yeah. Which is such a representation of life. Yeah. And you forget that sometimes because you're only with your group of people yeah. for the most part. That's what's great about the Korean spa, too. I don't know if you've ever taken your daughters uh, to We Spa. Or <laughs> I am dying to go to the Korean spa. My Chinese friend keeps telling me she's taking me to the Korean spa and then doesn't. That's so funny. You know, I haven't actually taken my daughter, but it was told to me and I I, I have been to them yeah. by myself. And I, I she's eight, so maybe she has to be a little bit older. I don't even know if you can bring kids. What's great about it is... There is just every body type of woman. Yeah. And it, at a certain point in the Korean spa, you have to be naked. Yeah. And you're just seeing all these different forms and and how they walk and talk. And I don't know. I just think it's good for girls to see that. Like That's awesome. Yeah. I haven't seen my daughter's <laughs> shoulder since 2008. Oh, my god. So gosh. I don't know. Right? <laughs> she I know. won't take the baggy clothes off. But I keep wanting to go for that same reason, not to look at other women's bodies and <laughs> compare them, but that kind of like um, base freedom. Yeah. Where it's a big leveler. Totally. Where there's now you there's nothing to hide. Nothing sort to hide. of. Yeah. And that psychological piece of it that's healthy, you know. Yes. Not yes. to be a voyeur, but to. No, I think to that's right on. That. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. To just everybody be stripped and we're just here in self-care. Yeah. Together. Well, maybe we should go together. I'll go with you anytime. <laughs> Can we get Christine now, see, to go? That, does that start to get weird, though, a little bit? To Why? think of, like, seeing you totally naked and, like, in the hot tub and I don't know. Why? I don't know. Well, what's wrong with a naked woman's body at 52? Nothing. No, 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 nothing, nothing. nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's, we, it's more me. It's more like my own but you insecurity. just invited me. I did, I did, I did, and then I retracted. <laughs> Never mind, I don't know you at all. Forget it. No, I don't know, because what is wrong with that? I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. I don't have a problem with nudity. I don't either. I used to, though. I definitely, like, grew up, um, you know, in a house where my mom... I mean, I, you know, I saw her naked every once in a while, but it wasn't like she was like, you know, dancing around. Oh, my um, mom cleaned the house fully naked. Stop it. Yeah. It's too hot in Georgia to wear clothes while you're cleaning. And she would clean the house <laughs> fully naked, fully naked, not even panties. I'm talking naked, naked the, as a jaybird. Positions you have to get in to clean a shower. It's bad. <laughs> it's not comfortable for an eight, nine, 10 year old. Not comfortable. But the end result, you know, what's so funny is I obviously don't walk around my house naked. I have children. Uh, well, I, I don't. I do. See? Uh, well, I do sometimes. Sometimes, but, but you're not like Not cleaning. like my mom, yeah. right? But they've seen me naked for sure. Um, 
they stopped seeing Bert naked at a certain age because they're girls, and yeah. we felt that was appropriate. Like, okay, yeah. now we, this is now it's awkward. Yeah, now you got to put some pants on. So I kind of adopted that. Yeah, just because I felt like we should be on the same, the same. page. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? You're so right. I don't want to be naked and he be restricted. I didn't think that was very fair. I I so, totally get that. Yeah, but when I travel with him for work. I am never with clothes on in a hotel room. Yes. I'm like, I don't sleep with clothes. I'm I'm walking around and I'm like, this is, I'm actually okay with my nudity. I just don't want to impose it on my kids. That's good. And because I've asked <laughs> their husband not to, my husband, their dad not to impose his nudity on them. So we're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like when I'm an empty nester, don't ring my doorbell randomly. I may be totally Interesting. Because, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah, it's an interesting question. I think a lot of people, especially in America, have a big problem with nudity. I was shy. I was, frankly, I was a bit shy even when I met my husband, with, mm. you know, like dating. I was a little like taking the sheet with me into the bathroom kind of style. <laughs> Where he grew up with a mom who... Yeah, like scared him in the shower, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And both of them not afraid to be naked. Yeah. And his sisters, yeah, to an extreme level, like bordering inappropriate probably. Mm. Um, But but I think that's created a healthy thing for me because his openness with it, like helped me be much more More open. Yeah. 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 Like he's, and now he's seen, you know, with the, pregnancies and having babies and a little bit of everything. I mean, right. <laughs> uh, that part's really scary for, for men. I would imagine it's really scary to yeah. watch. Uh, the My Bert, uh, one thing I really love about Bert is that he, um, he loves me so much that he, when something negative happens with me or my body, he finds a way to mm-hmm. make it positive so when i was pregnant and you know the aftermath of pregnancy is you've got weight you've got stuff stretched out brutal uh, uh, stomach everything i'm all your stuff stretched out yeah he would always look at me and go i did that oh that's mine i do you see what i did that's my sandcastle of shit right there that's cute you know i love it and i part of me thought I actually love that he's taken ownership of the fact that we together made a baby and we yeah. together fucked my body up. <laughs> right? That's great. Instead yes. of going, wow, Thank you were you. kind of off in a ditch there. He yes. went, no, 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 we, we, yeah, big team. Yeah. Fuck that shit up. If only we together could work on <laughs> tightening it back up. <laughs> if his workout would affect me, yes. I would yes. love it. That would That'd be, be amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, that's actually, now that's a teammate. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, my husband has always been, yeah, I think the body thing helped him just also, yeah, be very supportive and like, I love you in all the ways. And yeah. Yeah. Bert's very much that way now. He, he complains all the time. He's like, I can't find any porn because nobody looks like you. <gasps> And to, I mean, I want someone to like you, and I'm sorry, there's just no porn stars <laughs> look like you. Five four, a little yeah. too curvy, yeah. a little curvy in three dimensional way, That's not so just sweet. to the side. So he's like, ah, just forget it. Never mind. That's so funny. Yeah, when I when I like conjure fantasies, uh, and I land on my husband, I'm like, why am I wasting it on my husband? I have him in real life. <laughs> That's hysterical. Oh, so true. No, George Clooney, come back to me. I know, right? Where are you when I need you? You're failing me. Ocean's me. Ocean's me. Um, 
Anyway, yeah. back to producing. So was was Orange is the New Black your first big project? Yeah, yeah. So um what was what was interesting just timing, which is so much of life, um was that Genji was wrapping up weeds and Orange was getting started and um in need of sort of like that connective tissue between Genji when she wasn't there. And so I stepped into a role that ultimately, um, you know, became sort of showrunner light, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the role of a showrunner in making a TV show is sort of uh, overseeing all the moving parts. And um, my one of my, I think one of my favorite parts though was breaking story with these writers and trying to um, move beyond the book and um, come up with the backstories of these ladies and um, and then t weaving it all together for the the plot and tension for the show. And um, so I, I got to step into that role and then ultimately see through the rest of the phases of production. So casting and, and actually physical production of shooting and then editing and then getting it out. And what was also cool, speaking of timing, was um, where Netflix was at mm -hmm. the time. I mean, we started working with them when they were still the Red Envelope DVD mm -hmm. rental company. I mean, my mom was like, you're, so you're working on a web show, you know? Yeah. Um, and when the first season, we still didn't know what Netflix was going to be. It, it, we being the writers, like, who's going to watch the show? Like, we had yeah. so much fun making this probably it's not going to add up to anything right it was so fun and felt so good and right you were pioneers in a way yeah and we were yeah. working in outlaw country i mean right, right, right. netflix didn't know necessarily what they were doing mm -hmm. i mean the the they were very very smart 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 people but mm -hmm. they were counting on engineers and the algorithm to you know work to their advantage and now we know it has and it did but um but it, so it was exciting. So it was a hit um, right away. Mm -hmm. And and we moved on to season two. And then because of its success, then we were offered other shows with Netflix. I mean, they were open to <laughs> yeah. um, more. So, um, yeah, Genji invited me into her world as a producing partner. And we uh, developed then Glow. Um, oh, Glow's with great. Her. Yeah, Glow. And we did a like a docu series based on a war, this book, Warren Stories, which mm -hmm. is um, a book written by Emily Spivak. Which each it's a beautiful book, and each page um, has like a um, an image of an article of clothing, and then the the person who owned it, the significance, and why we like sh the Emily is an um, anthropologist mm -hmm. and and also a, a fashionista. Mm -hmm. um, so why we hold on to clothes. Um, some of them was like, you know, I got married in this shirt or it is a cultural significance to where I'm from, or it's the band shirt that I lost my virginity in or, mm -hmm. and, and then the way kind of clothes can travel in life. Anyway, that was fun. Totally different form of telling stories, which was cool. Um, we had another show, Teenage Bounty Hunters, which, um, that that's one that maybe you should watch with your kids. It was supposed to be called slutty teenage bounty hunters. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd they drop the slutty? You know, uh, 
I can't say exactly why, because I don't know the inner workings of Netflix, but it it felt like they just needed to pull the punch that the the term slutty was going to be too um, controversial mm. just in terms of like slut shaming and mm. which was it was shocking, honestly, coming just from where we had come with them mm-hmm. um, and they were sort of like falls out take no risks. And they still are. I don't mean to say it it was an interesting choice. We weren't sure we couldn't kind of follow the reasoning, but what we were told was, and, and they are, you know, numbers driven there and you're not going to find your audience. They're they're, Hmm. People are not going to come to this show with that title. Wow. That's interesting. I think that's not that I know. What do I know? That sounds, sounds very short-sighted. I think so too, because it would have grabbed me. Well, what's teenage interesting? Teenage bounty hunters, uh, slutty teenage bounty hunters. I'm in exactly. These girls, because to me, slutty is a is a type of empowerment. I think so too. I think so too. I mean, that people may not agree with that, but I I think it's a type of empowerment being sexually um, curious. Yes, yes, yes. I think <sighs> we would have drawn those people. I think we would have probably drawn people that were coming to possibly see. <laughs> sexy teenagers yeah right <laughs> and hey why not <laughs> the good and the bad a number is a number yeah, yeah number is yeah. a number <laughs> just saying um yeah the so we at the time we were staffing another show and so when you staff a tv show you read scripts from writers who want to staff on it and we read this script so it was some it was a writer's sample right. um and when you saw that on the title page, Slutty Change Bounty Hunters, I was like, already I'm in. And it was great. So we, Genji and I were like, we should just make this show. Right. <laughs> we also staffed that writer, Kathleen Jordan, on the show we were working on, American Princess. But, um, and then we we made that show. And it's super fun. It's, it's two Southern sisters and they kind of are dealing with, t- they're teenagers. They're kind of like um, wrestling with, religion and their like horny vibes right <laughs> and those teenagers. two things don't go together in the south they don't they nope. don't and probably the other reason people turn it off was we have one of the girls using scripture to like defend the fact that she's losing her virginity oh my god <laughs> in the I love opening it. scene um but it's a lot of fun i think you should you should I check, it check out. that out because i think i might know who those girls are from yeah. personal experience exactly exactly it's a that's it's, so cool it's um and it, it's not even religion, but it's also just like female conditioning of in society of, you know, um, look, our, at that time, too, like we're just these like crazy, horny, confused. I don't know. We should be talking more about it and not agree. shutting it into a closet. I agree. Uh, you know. I definitely was a horny teenager in high school, and I definitely had the sense that 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 was not okay. That's right. That's Um, right. But, you know, that's something with my own kids. I go, I don't want them to ever feel like sex is bad. Right. It's just is only unsafe or disease is concerned. That's right. Or pregnancy. That's right. If you don't want it. Other right. than that, you should freaking have it. Have you know? it. Once you're but a certain also age. Seek pleasure from it. Like and that's seek the other from it. Yes. key is like. 100%. Yeah. Because I, it is awesome. It's awesome when yes. it's safe and right and feels good. It should feel good. Yes. Like that's the other. You want to empower them to like get off. Yes. A hundred percent. And know when it feels 
not good yeah. that you're not in the right place. That's right. That's all. And we all make those mistakes. Huh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I've hooked up with guys where I was like, well, that was a mistake. That's right. But I was horny and, you know, I was, this was the, where I was. This is what I was doing. Yeah. And I learned now from that. And it's like taking a bunch of jobs before you fall into your career. Like you got to feel out a few things to know what you're really into. Yes. Or feel it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel it out or up. Whatever's appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, you do. And it should be fun. But but society and especially religion, especially religion in the South, yeah. makes it very, very sinful. Yes. And to, to connect it with sin is just, it's just, I'm sorry for the religious people listening. I think it's really wrong. I think it's harmful. It's harmful. It is harmful because if God made you in his likeness, as the Bible says, yeah. then why did God make it so pleasurable to have sex? That's I'm sorry. It can't be just be. <laughs> To procreate. That's right. You know, we're going to make this amazing thing, but only when you want to get pregnant. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you make Oreos? Just for your birthday? <laughs> no. He ate Oreos for whenever. Now, you shouldn't indulge in Oreos oh, to make yourself fat. It's hard not to, though. But, I mean, come on. If we're, I just don't understand <clears throat> how or why. I guess, why was it written like that back when it was written? That's what I keep thinking is, must have been like some kind of birth control. Yeah, yeah, the fear of God. That's yeah. pretty good birth control. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, some it had to be there had to be some reason behind it that you know, cuz I think religion in a lot of ways was used to control people. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> probably when you're adding shame to something then there's and it's shameful for a woman but not for a, a boy or mm -hmm. a man. Mm -hmm. So then there is also the keeping control the, the control yeah op oppressed and yes. oppressed people it, yes. yeah it's, mm. it's yeah it's like all... i'm bad i'm bad for doing this thing totally unless uh, yeah unless what right <laughs> unless what says god says is okay yeah. i think god would i you know not to get into all this sex talk, but I know that my orgasm is way better than Bert's. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way that he's having what I'm having. Uh, yeah. And there's no way that that is bad. That's right. That's right. There's that's no right. way that that's bad. <laughs> I love that you're competing with him in that frame. Oh, there's no competition. I have won. This competition's <laughs> over. I am the winner. No, I can just tell. I'm like, there's no way that your body does all the things my body does. We, we have totally different parts. Have you always been able to orgasm with <laughs> with sex? Um, no, not till I was pretty mature. I yeah, think my body same, needed same. to mature. Yeah. And I think my psyche needed to mature. That's right. You know, but and get past the shame of it. Yes. That's the thing. So that's yes. what's harmful. And, yeah. you know, I think the highly religious won't even get this far in the conversation no. to be hearing about this. But um yeah, I mean, why be? Why are we still keeping people in the mindset that what feels good is wrong? I don't know. Yeah, especially with something that's very natural. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. If your your body does that, it was probably meant to do that. That's right. You know, so yeah, yeah it, it. You're right. It, it took. I think that programming that you don't even know is in there. That's right. You think like, yeah. no, I'm so sexy. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then you realize it's not exactly what's happening. Yeah. You cannot kind of can't like let go. Yeah. 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 I was pretty old. Yeah. Before. Uh, yeah, I was pretty old. You needed that person that was like, this is mine. We did this. I know, right? <laughs> I made that body. Look at that thing. Yeah. That yeah, broke yeah. down piece of junk I got over there. <laughs> I made that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I feel like that is, um, 
my job as a mother of a boy to really also instill that, like the idea of respecting the female body enough to, yeah, not force a situation, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really like understand that that person should also be getting off and be feeling good about the whole thing. Right. And it's going to be, it's harder because we were, we still are being conditioned to Mm -hmm. not feel Mm -hmm. that in control about it. So it should be a conversation. And yeah, I think what I learned from Bert um, and because Bert, uh, I know you're going to find this shocking, doesn't keep any of his thoughts to himself ever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But the interesting thing about his process with being married and learning about um, sexuality within a marriage, um, sex within a marriage, is how fulfilling it is for him for me to be fulfilled. Yeah. I don't think he expected as as a single guy who is just, you know, banging chicks. Yeah. He wasn't really thinking about, oh, I mean, obviously he, he didn't have a lot of sexual partners before me and he wasn't, uh, I don't, I wasn't there, but I'm assuming he wasn't an insensitive or. That would have been awesome if you had been there. I know, right? Like, Let that's me just your check story. this out before. <laughs> I'm going to check the car, see how it's working before. No, but I can't imagine him being who he is, being an insensitive person. Right. But not having the like awareness that this is a like uh, a deep connection. Right. That makes this happen for both of us. Yeah. And once he figured that out, he's almost more focused on how my body works yeah. than his own because yeah. he's figured his own out. His right, own is right, pretty right, straightforward, right. but a woman's <laughs> body is very complicated. Yes. And every woman I would imagine is very different That's in, right. in how they, you know, come to orgasm. So his little curiosity and um, desire to, to, to please, yeah, I think was new to him when we got married. Well, and you also know? there's this thing of like, you don't want to like, as a woman, give direction because you don't want to hurt their feelings that they don't know. Or, right. And I, I do think there is a sensitivity on the guy's side about that too. Totally. That they are like, they want to believe that they know how to do it and they're going to get you the right place and all yeah. of that. But yeah, that's why I think just like having the, having a conversation, being open. I mean, we have, my husband also doesn't have a filter, which has, I mean, it's not the best always. Like uh, Sometimes it's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Um, like the word cock is used often in my house. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> the anatomical correct way to be saying this. Um, but uh, the no filter thing. Um, oh, but I think that's good in terms of like, hopefully what the, our kids will learn is to not be embarrassed to have right. the conversation with anyone mm-hmm. that like, this is a very natural thing. And maybe it's not as romantic mm-hmm. or what we think of as like the romance. Cause you, you don't see that sex talk on like the Reese Witherspoon, you know, Ashton Kutcher, whatever romance. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, it just works. It just works. Yeah. And then suddenly they're just having great, amazing sex. Yes. Not like it's not know. realistic. It's not. It's not. It's really not. How it works, yeah. No. yeah. And I think especially for a boy to understand um, 
By the way, I haven't seen that movie. I don't even know if they have sex in that movie. I don't movie. even know what movie you're yeah, talking okay, about. Fine. I have no idea. <laughs> we just put them together as a couple. Yeah, when I know what you're saying. in a movie right now on Netflix together. Are they? Yeah, like a new movie. Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but I think for a boy to be told or to 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 come to understand how very different women are. Yeah. Because men are very similar. And how they and and it's very evident yes. when they've enjoyed themselves. That's right. And it, it's not true for a woman. And yeah. And to think that what worked for this girlfriend will work for the next girlfriend is not true. Yeah. I mean, if it is, you're lucky. That's right. <laughs> but if if it's not true, that's not a failing on your part. That's right. Right. That's right. It's all an exploration yeah. and a curiosity. Yeah. And, and no one expects you to know exactly how it's working no. right away. No. Yeah. I, I wonder if any, I mean, who wants to have that conversation with their son? How uncomfortable. Let me tell you how an orgasm works for a woman. <laughs> you know, that's so uncomfortable. But there should be some kind of like... Support group. You know what's so funny? A long time ago, Bert was talking about weed and drugs with our kids. Mm -hmm. And he was doing it in front of another parent. And she said, I wish you would do this same talk with my son and his group of friends. Mm. Because I think he would hear it differently from you. Right. Then he hears it from me. Right. And if you could just like travel throughout our community and just go, okay, here's how sex works. Well, here's how he needs, drugs work. Yeah. Here's how you know, he needs that. The sex talk with Bert. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I don't know about with Bert, but I thought to myself, that's really actually kind of smart. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? How do you, how do you have that kind of spy? Yeah. You know, it's a different kind of parent spy in your group that you trust That's that can right. have a conversation about drugs, not just about I sex. Do, I do that. I'll, I try to catch Lee with his friends and and try to, like, be real about it. And, like, you know, first I start with just, like, you guys know that your prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, so you <laughs> right? should wait until you're 27. Yes. But also I realized you were just at a party last night and probably there were drugs and alcohol. So then I'm always just I'm preaching no pills or powder. Yeah. No pills or powder. Yeah. Like, it's just stupid. Yeah. You don't know where they came from. Absolutely. And uh, and then also, you know, if you have anxiety or anything like that, make sure you're in a safe place um, with safe people that you know and trust. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you ever, like, are out of your mind, hi, don't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, stay in the place that you're in because yeah. moving somewhere else is only going to, like make a worse situation. Yes. So I do. Yeah. I try to like, I'm sure that Lee is annoyed that I'm doing it, but you don't know if these boys are getting that, that conversation or if the parents are as open or, um, well, they hear, they it, differently. hear it differently. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. totally. They hear it differently when it's not from mom and dad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've had or, those conversations too. Or it's validating. It's like, Oh God, probably I guess if my mom's saying it and she's saying it. Maybe there's some truth to this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I know. They get it somehow. The street drugs really scare me now. I'm super scared of them. I think the girls, our girls are scared of them too. Yeah. So um, I know weed and, I know weed and alcohol happen. Yeah. Uh, we're not stupid. We do the same thing where we go, I can't tell you it's okay. You're 18. It's yeah. illegal. Right. End of story. Yeah. I'm also not stupid. That's right. So uh, just same speech you give and just no street drugs. No yeah. street drugs. Just street stick drugs. to like, if you got to do something, just yeah. stick to weed and booze. Yeah. And don't ever leave your drink unattended. That's right. That's just right. Oh, ever leave your drink unattended. Yeah. 
You know, they make this thing now. I don't know if anybody would ever use it, but they make like a disposable cover for a drink yeah. that has a hole for a straw. That's yes, like a, have I've you seen, seen those? That. Yes, I've seen that. There's also like little strips so you can test that. And oh, also, can you? That's awesome. You can also test like your street drugs with this, like, mm. like, not the same strip. I think it's a different strip. But now they're having it in all the schools and stuff because of the fentanyl. Yeah. Um, that you can test to see if it's in there. But I'm kind of like, I don't know. It starts to feel like I know people were like, we shouldn't have condoms in schools because then you're suggesting that you should have sex. Mm-hmm. And it, this is sort of the same thing. It's like, I'm not suggesting you should try heroin. But if you happen upon it. Yeah, right. And you're going to do it. Use this test to yeah. make sure. Yeah, It's complicated, isn't it? It is complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. And we just want, like, I guess to give them the best shot in life. And I do. I really do feel like Listen, I did drugs and alcohol in high, in high school and more than just pot. I did like in high school, I did acid. Oh, wow. Just twice. But still, I mean, to, to have the balls to do it is sort of yeah. like, oh, wow. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm not dumb. And, yeah. And it's going to. But I just wonder, you know, yeah, is it did I. Did I mess up some cells in there that I wish I could have back? No, <laughs> probably not. But. I don't think so. You know, I think our generation is pretty wicked sharp. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I think we're pretty sharp. Yeah. So as much as we preach that to our kids, we're OK. Yeah. So I think <laughs> they'll be okay. OK, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, I was fall down drunk every weekend in high school, like yeah. massively drunk. I never did any drugs. But what I did you like to drink? Wine. Whatever wine I get my hands on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything. Yeah. I drank beer, wine, liquor, just whatever I could get yeah. my hands on. Yeah. I was drowning some pain. No. So yeah. until I figured out the pain. Right. I did. I, I don't know why. I was always really scared of drugs. Uh, for whatever reason, as out of control as I got with alcohol. Yeah. It felt different to me Absolutely. psychologically. Yeah. yeah than yeah. like cocaine or and weed, I have smoked weed four times. I've thrown up all four times. Oh, I don't think my body likes weed. Not for weed. you. It's yeah. just not for my body. Yeah. So I never really got into that. And and drugs just scared me. Yeah. It just really scared me. Yeah. I mean, I um, get that. I totally get that. I think that's still people's mindset. It's like alcohol has this rap of being just like totally fine. And then, yeah, weed to a people of a certain age or from mm-hmm. a certain background is sort of like, no, a no, no. But yeah, still. maybe that's changing a little bit. I think weed is changing a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the other drugs. I hope the other drugs don't change because I think they actually are quite dangerous. Um, you know, I don't know. I've had some like pretty great nights on ecstasy. Ah, <laughs> I've never adult, done that either. As an adult, as an adult. I've never done any of that. Not an adult like post kids, but um, yeah. Yeah. Pre-kids. In my 20s, had a little short run of like club life out here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to experience everything life has to offer. Totally. And not heroin. I haven't gone there. Crack. Nothing no, like no, that. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> super hard. So what job before your awesome, amazing job was the most important one you think that got you to be the person you are today? Oh, interesting. That's a good question. Oh, well, what job? Hmm. 
Probably waiting tables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably waiting tables. And I did wait tables here in Los Angeles at Chin Chin and then also in Kansas City at a place called Patio Quigley's Ooh-hoo. Bar and Grill. Ooh. And I started there. My my sister worked there as a, a waitress and then a bartender. And then I started at 16 as a hostess and then ended up waiting tables there too. And yeah, just the, because waiting tables, you have to do a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. you know, it's the customer service part and quality control and um, being part of a culture and a unit of the staff, you know, um, and time yeah. management, time management, organization. Oh my gosh. Yes, I was a waitress yes. for eight years. Were too. you a good waitress? I was a very yeah, good waitress. Yeah. Um, and the I've, ability to multitask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to, to, yes, to spend many plates at the same time. Yes. Did it, you spend plates? I did not. But I spent, <laughs> I spun salads. <laughs> wow. I, I worked at Lowry's, the prime room. <gasps> And they have a we famous still go spinning there. salad. Yeah. Oh, we bring the kids oh, there because yeah. it's so fun, the spinning salad. The spinning oh, they're, salad. they're not doing they're f- it because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. They're not doing the spinning salad anymore? They don't do the spinning salad, nor do they bring out the meat on the thing. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because of a COVID, like, open food situation. Oh, my God. I know. It's like, whoa, we're never coming back here again. <laughs> yeah, I worked the there fun. in the brown gown. I was in the brown gown for two and a half years. That was a very good waiting tables job. I bet. I bet. I also was super, it was very hashtag me too at the time. Oh, it was a long time ago. It was like 20 or 20 or three or four years ago. Okay. And hashtag me too by the, the other employees or by the other employees. Okay. No, the, the bosses were all great. Oh, I was actually thinking of the customers. Um, I mean that outfit. Not so much. I don't remember. Yeah, that. But like the carvers who ran the carts, you know, I'd have to give them a hug to get served. Oh, jeez, shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Lowry's a prime rib. That was my experience. Still love it. We love Um, it. I'll eat their food. I I eat there all the time. I still (laughs) go there. I'm sure they don't do that anymore, especially if they're not using the carver carts. But yeah, I'd have to. He'd be like. Hey, Leanne. you know, you go, hey, yeah. I'm ready for a carve on table four or whatever. Yeah, and and he would go fourth in line and I'd go fourth and he'd go, give me a hug and I'll put you second. I just give him saw a hug, you go, 20 year old Leanne. Yeah, I was like, you're fourth? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm fourth? Because, you know, you got to turn and burn in that place. And yeah, I couldn't yeah, turn yes, the table unless you gave a I'm hug. Fourth. So I give him a hug. I get second. And I turn my table. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Pretty shitty. I love. Uh, yeah. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't I don't mean to um, negate your experience, but it is funny that your hashtag me too is the is a hug. It's a hug. <laughs> well, I got other me too's too, but okay. that one at that restaurant was a hug. I mean, you know, you know what he wanted in the hug. Yeah, I know. You I know, know, I know. He yeah. wanted full frontal, frontal like, hug. push on. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He Get wanted it all contact in there, hug. So whatever. Oh my um, gosh. But yeah, I think waiting tables taught I me. I was going to ask, is that your also? I think probably. Most yeah. formative and job. I, that and I managed an apartment building for 10 years. I managed, I started with one and ended with three. Yeah, I've heard you talk about that. That seems intense. It was really intense. And what that job taught me 
was how to be a boss, mm-hmm. which is different than as a waitress. You're yes. not really a boss. You're part of a machine, sort yes, of. Right. Whereas with that job, I had I was a boss. You had to be in control. Yeah. You had to let others believe you were in control. Yeah. I had to project manage. Right. Uh, which was a little different than waitressing. Yeah. Delegate. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yes. And I had to, you know, uh, treat my tenants in ways that I personally, as a person, wouldn't have treated them. Like I had to treat them better. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, then I would treat them. I'd be like, yes. "What the fuck are you knocking on my door at four in the yes, morning?" Yes, yes, yes. Hello. <laughs> yes, I had to be nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it taught me like how to measure myself mm, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. keep yourself in check and keep yeah. myself oh, in check and to yeah. be a boss and to be professional in that way. Yeah, uh, I still you know? kind of have a hard time. Uh, I guess in that role or given that authority or that people look to me for that. Like I have often been told that I'm a good leader, but, or people will say like, introduce me as their boss. And I'm always like, no, we work together. Like I, I'm a little uncomfortable with the idea that I'm leading. Uh huh. I, I think I do it, but mm. I don't want anyone to assume it of me or, um, give me credit for it. Then I don't know. I feel very similarly. Yeah. I have a very hard time with that exact psychological piece mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i know in in practice yes uh you know i've i've remodeled so many homes and the contractor like who was here today yep i feel like is my partner right but at the same time i do have to keep a boundary not he's been amazing i've had no issues with ami at all but but in other jobs with other people like i was at the beach our, our house at the beach had a flood and I was managing like four or five different vendors at one time uh-huh. and to, to hold a boundary with them and to, and to like fix a schedule and say, no, 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 actually this is how we're going to do it. Right. 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 It's something I definitely learned from managing an apartment building. Yeah. Is yeah. To, to take hold of everybody and go, you're on these dates and then you're going to overlap with him. And then this is how this is going to work. Yes. And then they yes. all go, oh, okay, this makes sense. This is great. Yes. Yeah. That I learned from managing an apartment building. Yeah, for that's sure. good. And, and to drop the uh, notion that everybody has to like you. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's especially from where you were raised yeah. and uh, being a girl woman in general, like we are, we are expected to pl- be pleasing. Yes. And so, yeah, that is, it's hard to like walk away from a conversation going, Ugh, I don't think they like me, but the job's going to get done. You know how many people I've made cry? Oh, <laughs> I make so many people cry and I go, why? I was just being direct. Direct. Yeah. All yeah. I was saying was, you missed a deadline. Why? Right. In right. In that exact tone. And they're yeah. like, oh, and I'm like, you fucking missed a deadline is a fact. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not saying, hey, asshole. Yeah. You right. missed a deadline. Or dummy. I'm just yeah. going, hey, you missed a deadline. Why? Yeah. And then, <laughs> so that is one thing I've kind of been like, mm, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, it's hard for other people, too, to see you not as a friend because yeah. you're so friendly. I'm so friendly. Right, right, right. That, I mean, Preppy is your brand. Preppy is my brand. <laughs> uh, that once Preppy goes, well, you missed a deadline. Why? Yeah. They go, oh, my oh, God. God. Preppy's upset. Scared. Yeah. I thought we were friends. Yeah. Yeah. And they get upset. I love you. you. made four people cry. I made a bunch of people cry. A bunch of people cry. I do. I don't know why. I think I'm nice, but maybe I'm a little too intense. I think sometimes I'm just a little bit intense. Not not aggressive, 
but direct, super direct. Yeah. Well, I think exactly what we're saying is that can come as a surprise to people when they think you are one thing, when they feel like they've got this handled and they know you and that you're going to be fine and whatever. And then when you come at them, it's like, ah, not what I expected from you. I know. Yeah. My daughter is even that way. Like, you're scaring me. Sometimes she'll say you're scaring me. And I'm like, no, I'm just like holding a boundary here. Like you have to bring your plate into the kitchen every time. How many times we have to say it before now I'm up. Now I'm upset. Yeah. (laughs) You're not doing it. Right. Yeah. That happens for me a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah. Where they, the boundaries held nicely. Yes. Until you're done. You're done. And then when you get done, they're like, oh, my God. Why are you talking to me like that? That's mom. Yeah. It's not like you. My kids used to say, you yell at me all the time. And I go, I am not yelling. That is what my son is saying right now all the time. And I'm like, then do it the first time I ask you. And I won't end up having to be yelling. Yes. <laughs> Well, I say I'm not yelling, but if you'd like me to yell, no, <laughs> I'm happy to show you what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. So, and if you would do it the first time, I wouldn't be talking in a louder voice. voice. Right, right. But yelling, this ain't yelling. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. This is how I talk to them. Why aren't you doing that? I don't think that's yelling. No, I agree. Uh, yes. I think it's a little bit of gaslighting. You're right. You're I think right. it's a manipulation right. to that's say that's what I'm saying. Those are the kind of things that where they'll get you, won't they? <laughs> yes. 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 And, and then, then I'm like, no, huh? what? I'm not yelling. What do you mean I'm yelling? Maybe next time we should just start yelling at them. <laughs> you want yelling? I'll show you yelling. And then they'll stop. Um, so Orange is the New Black. I was yeah. planning on talking to you for an hour and a half about that. And clearly we've talked for maybe it. 10 minutes I about that. It. I love it. That's but, so um, good. What was your favorite part about working on that movie? I think you may have already said about the developing the stories. Okay. Then who was your favorite character in that show? It's not a movie in the series. In the show as as a character. As a character. Um, Not the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, gosh, we cast some amazing actors and actresses. Like It was amazing. And, you know, we we shot in New York and originally... Uh, Genji wanted to shoot in Los Angeles because we she was shooting weeds. We could have just moved the crew and you know what it's it was it's hometown. But I think shooting in New York, which was, we were getting a tax break, which is why we went there. But ultimately, the cast that we pulled in from New York was just you, superb. Could, yeah, yeah, from the theater world. And mm-hmm. um, but my favorite character. It's interesting. There's a character who started out did not have a. Um, a character name. She was just known as crazy cell phone lady Mm. um, who ultimately became a big character on the show. Um, Whose name I, I know the actress's name is Laura Gomez, but right now I cannot Blanca Blanca is um, we ended up like in season two, like this person is coming back a lot. We can't just keep calling her crazy cell phone lady. Um, so we gave her a name right? and then we ended up doing a whole backstory. And towards the end, we did a lot of stuff about immigration Mm -hmm. and, um, this, this actress is phenomenal and her story was great. And she is somebody who I occasionally go, I wonder where Blanca is. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder, like, is she happy? (laughs) She, like, I keep, I, she keeps coming up for me in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, was she uh, an actual person in the book or was she a, a completely fictional character? There was sort of, it was based on something in the book of... Um, Someone had a cell phone in the book. Y- yeah, there was. So um, 
you think in the in the first season, you think this woman's just crazy, but it turns out she's on a cell phone. She's like, God, I got a hidden cell phone. Right. And so I think that was loosely based on a character in the book. Right. Um, but then in the show, ultimately, we see, uh, yeah, she's on with her husband and we tell his story. And that's so cool. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna have to watch the rest of it. I hope you so, do. Um, do uh, how involved was Piper in the development of the, the real Piper? Yeah, yeah. She um, so you know she was hired as consultant, and um, we leaned on her a lot in the first season, a lot, a lot, just about the real of what you know, like, and, and only to sometimes we would want to know what's the real here. Here, like, would they be able to get away with this or? Mm-hmm. Um, how hard would this be to pull off or what are the right rules and regulations on this specific thing? And sometimes we would say, well, we're fictionalizing it. So we're going to break that rule, but it's good to know what it is. Right. Um, so we leaned on her a lot for that. Um, she also got, got kind of upset with us through the years because we were trying to tell rounded stories about all the characters, including the guards. And she, as an inmate, thought the guards were like inhumane completely mm. and, and kind of didn't deserve a backstory on the show. Um, so yeah, she was like, no, you're humanizing them too much. These people are evil. It's like, well, they're also just doing a job. I mean, yeah. yeah. And they are human. And they are human. Yeah. And they come also from a place and a line of conditioning and who knows, whatever. They, yeah. they. I, I liked that part of the show, like going home with the guards and mm-hmm. seeing like what that life is like. Um, and then, yeah, through the years, she she still would chime in here and there, but not as much as that first season really driving home. Um, and we got to we went out to Chino Women's Prison here. Mm-hmm. Um, and which was crazy because we arrived. First of all, it, it was all like we all showed up and we were wearing basically the same outfit. We were told not to wear like dead and blue, which is the color of their uniforms or orange so that we weren't mistaken as we were walking around. But anything else was fine. And we all were wearing like sort of drab, like army green and and like um, uh, khaki and like bad shoes. Like we didn't want to appear like we were happy. Like nobody was wearing like yellow or yeah, pink yeah. or anything. Right. Um, and when we arrived, uh, it was a medium security prison and like it, you know, they call it camp, and it does feel kind of like a campus, like a lot of outdoor business because it was in California too. And we were all like, "This isn't so bad." Like I don't know, but we were there for three hours, I think, on the tour. And by the end, we were all like, "Get us the fuck out of really? here!" Really? Like, yeah, you think when you show up, it's like they're just like free roaming, and but then you really see you can. You, we got a taste, even though we they knew they were under a microscope. You could see that the way they were treated by the guards and just the um, locked in atmosphere. Um, uh, Yeah, it's we had many revelations on the show just about how the prison system works. But in season two, one of our writers um, had this moment where she stopped the room and she was like, you guys, I'm really just having this epiphany of like, we put humans in cages, right? <laughs> it's like we're season two of this show about prison, but she was just like mentally like, I can't, I'm just kind of grasping right. 
like we put humans in cages as way of teaching them a lesson. Right. And managing uh, behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of that's, wow, that's deep thought, right? Yeah. Instead of really filling in the blanks of parenting or whatever. The rehabilitation of the aspect of it. It's all punitive. It's just all punitive. Um, And I think that's ultimately why Piper wanted to write the book and why I think the show is so appealing too, is it really did give give people um, the inside view, but also a little bit of hope of like, what we can do to sort of change it. Like to, now that we yeah. see the problems, mm-hmm. where can we step in? And But is anything changing? Um, I think, yes, I think there is, there is uh, we have a lot of, a lot more to do, but there is definitely like a perspective now, um, not just our show, but a lot of, we're doing a lot of shows about the core, the judicial system mm-hmm. and prisons and all of that. I think um, probably they're feeling the pressure, but there is still the privatization of prisons. Mm-hmm. And um, so the corp- the corporate s- s- angle of it is scary. Um, I don't know. It's I think we're changing as much as anything's changing yeah. in the world. Like yeah. there's always that like good and bad. I think with more attention. There's got to be some good and right. in enlisting more people. One thing I'm super duper proud of, of from the show is we managed in the last season to tell us, well, actually the last two seasons, we continued a story that uh, at towards the end of the, the last season, I brought to the room this idea of a story of one of our inmates starting this um, from prison, starting this uh, like a microloan situation mm. where, you know, pennies go into this thing and then it can go back to people who are getting out of prison and get give them a little help getting started. Um, and then I said, and we should do it and we should really do it as mm. like as us. Mm-hmm. And so I worked with Lionsgate and Netflix and um, some other legal resources and now living on, um, uh, shoot, what is the... What, what's the website where it's like a donation? Ugh, I can't think of it right now, but I'll think of it later. But it's called the Pusey Washington Fund, which was based on a character on the show. Mm-hmm. And basically you can donate. And it, at the last uh, frame of the last season, um, it comes up to where you can donate. And then we we selected like, I think, seven different causes um, dealing with immigration and prison rights and women's rights in general, um, where the money filters down. And I go on the site still today and money is still trickling in because the show lives on this yeah. site that, you know, will, will people are still finding and, yeah. and getting to the end and going, I want to get five bucks. Yeah. Or, That's amazing. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. That's great. What's it called, Halton? It's on GoFundMe. 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 It's got yeah. half a million Whoa. donations already. It's Charlie. I just got chills of like, we're officially Charlie's Angels. Oh my God. That's my Charlie's Angels box. Oh my God. That's what I said. Halston used to be in the room with me and I was like, maybe we need Charlie's Angels box. So they found one and made it work. Oh, so Halston can talk to I us. It. I love it. I love it You're so an angel much. now. I love it. An angel also because you created that nonprofit. That's or created that 
avenue of avenue. give. Avenue, give, yes. Yeah, yeah like GoFundMe. And it's Go called what on GoFundMe? The Pusey Washington Fund. So Pusey Washington was a character on the show played by Samira Wiley, mm-hmm. who is now on Handmaid's Tale and um, awesome. We are, we are uh, still good friends. And um, I won't give it away, but. It's on there for her. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. What do you think your biggest takeaway from working on that project is? Hmm. Like in terms of prison or just in general? Just whatever in comes general. to mind. Yeah. Um, well, I think what was really exciting was talking about sexuality on that show, like Piper, the real Piper and the one that played Piper on TV. Um, we're, we're, you know, interested in women sexually. She's fluid. It's fluid. Mm-hmm. Yes. And pre pre that term yeah. being a thing. Yeah. Um, we really uh, talked about that and that notion. And I think that could sort of awaken something in me too, of just not being so linear in that thinking mm-hmm. um, and allowing for, you know, my husband, strange as he is, and as like masculine, like, in terms of just like his look and he was, he was a play a jock and, a, yeah. um, but also like loves a handsome man and talks about another man's calves and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that like the appreciation of all the forms. And so as a parent too, and as just like a member of society too, not that I ever judged, but just like, um, just just be more open also to people changing their minds mm-hmm. and, um, you know, not being so locked into one pattern of thinking specifically for this show, for me, when it came to sexuality. I mean, also a bazillion other things. But right. that was when you when you asked that. That's, that's what, what popped to mind. mind. Yeah. Interesting, because I think, yeah, I um, my parents divorced when I was seven and my mom moved me to a predominantly gay part of Atlanta. She was not gay, but she thought, I'm an only child. I'm a girl. Mm. Where are you going to be safe? Interesting. Bunch of gay men. They're going to <laughs> adore her. They will love her I and they will not it. touch her. Okay. So that's where I grew up uh, for part of my childhood from about seven to 11. That's where we lived. Is that area in Atlanta still populated by a gay community? I don't think so. Mm. I think Atlanta, I mean, that was 1977. Right. So in the 70s, in the South, being yeah. gay was not not awesome. No. And so <laughs> they kind of lived in one spot okay. so that they could relax. What an interesting choice live. for your mom. And it's very like forward thinking. and Very yeah. forward thinking. Yeah. Um, very, it's kind of maybe the only place she was ever forward thinking was okay. there. <laughs> but um but it gave me a perspective where I think I understood sexuality differently from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's cool. And that I don't, you love who you love. Yeah. You're attracted to who you're attracted to. I've never been sexually attracted to women, mm-hmm. but I, I've never been like, you're not going to do that. Right. Don't do that. Right. It's just, right. I love big biceps yeah. and big shoulders. <laughs> yeah, Bring yeah, it yeah. fucking on all day. Yeah. If you're like a Mack truck, yeah. that's my gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the rest of it, I go, women are beautiful. I totally appreciate women. But doesn't get you. But it's just yeah. not for me. And But watching these men and their different forms as a child it just made sexuality 
kind of simple. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Or it's just well, maybe as, that's where your love of men came from, also. <laughs> your maybe appreciation partly. of the male form. That and my I, <laughs> when I was with my dad, and when I moved, when I was with my dad on the weekends and all summer, he owned a house with two men. Mm. So it was a big bachelor all pad. Men, all men, all, all your life. Yeah, all <laughs> men. That's so funny. And now that you say that. Really interesting. It has been. I have had a lot of women that have been influential. Yeah. But I think those things are formative. Yeah. Like, I know there's like, you're born this way. And I totally agree with that, too. But I think environment can play a big role in. Totally. Yeah. And now, oh, I just it's so confusing for kids because. And I had a friend tell me that her daughter said recently, like, oh, if you're not bisexual and a vegan in Los Angeles right now, you are nothing. (laughs) (laughs) She may be right. I know. but She may be right. uh, Yeah. I am neither. Yeah. Uh, So I am nothing. I'm preppy. You're preppy. That's right. Preppy's neither vegan nor bisexual. (laughs) So I am still on brand. (laughs) That's great. That's hysterical. Um, But yeah, you, you, you. We didn't have that growing up. It wasn't like, God, imagine you. I would have never thought that being a heterosexual woman would be the thing that would be like, oh, mom, you're just that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I look at teenagers, the young girls in my kids friend group, and I that concerns me that they're making a choice that's not authentic to who they that's, are. That's it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That yeah. they're making a choice because it's the trend. It's the trend. And, yeah. And I don't give a shit about uh, which way you butter your bread. It goes back to the tattoo thing. It's like, yeah. don't make a permanent decision right, right now. Right. Well, uh, not that choosing your sexuality is permanent. No. But but also be open to then going, ah, oh, just kidding. I'm not that. Yeah. Like, don't get stuck in it and be like, oh, now I have to be this because I said it was this. Exactly. Yeah. And I have one of my daughter's friends is has a girlfriend. But the way she talks about boys, mm-hmm. I go, oh, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get what you're doing here. Yeah. But you can't deny that your whole body lights up when you talk about that one boy. Interesting. But you but I ask, hey, well, what about this boy? I mean, you, when you talk about him, just, no way, no way. But and I you know, what? but your whole body is lying. Yeah, yeah. But what's on the on the positive side of that is like maybe it's good to have that thing that feels safe during a time when you're like, ah, I don't know. And you're like, oh, I can be with this girl and I can call her my girlfriend and I don't have to like put myself out to be vulnerable to this thing, this other species that I don't understand. Right. Because it can be very confusing uh, at that age. Um, True. Uh, I, I, I will say I agree. And yeah. This is when you practice with the other species, too. That's true. Fuck it up. That's and, true. And I love men. Yeah. I love them. Jeezly, and I've heard you say it a few I don't, times. I mean, now. I didn't say I love <laughs> cock. I said I love men. Yeah. I love men because they are very linear. Yeah. And I love that they like different things than me. Yeah. And I love the masculine form yeah. in every sense of that word, not yeah. just a human shape, but like I love cigar bars and I love you know, a, like musky smelling thing. Yeah, I yeah, also yeah. love a, a pink room, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, So I feel like I, I don't want anybody to miss out 
Right. On because of a of a trend or That's something. Right. And yeah, I just don't yeah. want them to miss out on appreciating mm-hmm. everything. Because I would go to this bachelor pad with my dad's. We were watching Saturday Night Live. We were eating Pizza Hut. Yeah. And we were not cleaning the house and I did not shower for two days. That's and amazing. that's exactly what they all did. Yes. And I yes. go, so now when I'm with a man who watches Saturday Night Live, eats yeah, Pizza Hut, yeah, does shower yeah, for two days, yeah, I yeah. go, I get it. I get it. Yes. That's and that's what your species does. Yeah. And I really get it. Yeah. And I don't want anything different it. than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep doing that. Yeah. And I'm going to keep doing this. And and we're okay together. We're okay together. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, one thing place. I just don't want girls to not want to learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I'm trying to with both of my kids also to not put so much pressure on having to partner up in general. Right. To like this is weird, but I never really had a best friend. And part of it was because I never wanted the pressure of claiming that one person, right? you know, and like getting stuck with that or I don't know. What comes with that too is again, the protection of like not getting hurt if that best friend is like, I don't want to be your best friend anymore. Right. Um, But I just didn't want to latch into a a twosome, I think. Um, And so I, I think there also should be a a pull away from the, like the marriage is like going to solve everything right. or it's like the, the premier goal in life is to like partner up with another person. Right. Like you don't have to. No, yeah, I never I, thought I was going to get married. Yeah. Never. Is that right? No, I didn't think I'd have kids either. No, I was like, I don't think that's for me. Um, I always dated, always yeah. liked love, but that I didn't understand how that was really going to work out. You know, my, my parents have, seven divorces between the two of them okay and yeah. so i was like this isn't happy for anybody holy cow so why can't you just be with somebody till it doesn't work anymore and then yeah. it, it seems less devastating if you make this commitment yeah um but then when i when i you know met bird i was like oh well yeah i think with yeah that, with him yeah I, I love flossers all over the floor somehow, strangely. I don't know. I love dental floss tucked into the cushions of this. Yeah, let's do that forever. That sounds great. That's so funny. Yeah. I love beer bellies. Bring them on. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I yeah. never thought I'd get married. So, And I'm super happily married. And yeah. I think marriage for me was a commitment to learning. Mm-hmm, Whereas mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. being married, I would have just bounced. Because that's what I saw happen. Right, right. I would have been right, like, oh, right. this isn't working. Okay, yeah. bye. Yeah, you really respect it. The, I really the, respect like, it. institution. Yeah, or, so yeah, when I the, hitched my little horse up to that wagon, yeah, I like, was I'm like, doing this. Yeah, I'm we're really going cross country. Yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. We got this. That's I'm cool. not giving up on this because That's I made that cool. commitment. I think I, like, you know, had fantasies of the uh, being married and whatever just based on, right, society and, where you know, where the age that we are and where I grew up and most of my friends got married right out of college, but Mm -hmm. I did, I, yeah, I was a little long in the tooth, like 27 when I met my now husband. Um, I was longer in the tooth. Yeah. 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 And I I was 31. I mean, I think I was still hopeful, but also I had reached that a point when you're kind of around that age where you're like, I mean, I'm doing life. Yeah. Everything's okay. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, so it it was like the oh this guy this guy I think I could see it yeah yeah, yeah. I think and me he, too I was thirty one when I met Bert we yeah, got married wow. I was thirty three so okay. yeah I think yeah. the same thing 
Yeah. I had been to the rodeo so many times yeah. that I was like, I don't really need to be in this arena yeah. if it's not supposed to be. Right. And then when he showed up, I was like, oh, God, I've been dating the wrong people. Uh, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, I was dating like wrong people. Interesting. Uh, this is the right person. Aww. And this I could see working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll commit to this. So. Anyway, we have to wrap up. <laughs> okay, this is so fun. So nice to meet you. Yeah, what a nice way to spend the afternoon. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything. I mean, it's what a great conversation. Yeah, fun, fun, yeah, fun. It was fun. awesome. I what agree. are you working on now, can you say? Um, well, I'm I'm really trying to get a multicam sitcom going. Are you? I mean, I would love that because that is just a language missing, I think from TV right now. It is. And it was something we grew up with mm -hmm. and was something that I think can speak to both sides of, of, and when I say both sides, I mean like the red and the blue. Yeah. Um, what you're saying is urban America and mm -hmm. middle America. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a, a language that, that uh, brought people together at, at one point. Now sports does that, but, um, Anyway, so that, yeah, trying to maybe get into that world. And then um, I have a book. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting out feelers. I'm in like a transitional moment where I'm sort of trying to like, I'm trying to find my own brand, Leanne. What, yeah. are, you, what are you seeing? <laughs> a little preppy. A little preppy. A little okay. preppy. A little hippie. Hippie yeah, preppy. Yeah, preppy, hippie, hippie. preppy. There we go. Um, there we go. That's exciting, though, because then you're like in a, a pivot repositioning rebirth moment yes, sounds like yes which That's was so really scary was it it was scary to like because i i had to kind of rip off a band-aid in order to get here uh-huh um and that part is it's always scary always um ripping off band-aids sucks suck they do <laughs> they do yeah but the wound's got to get some air that's right that's and then right it'll heal. that's the way it works <laughs> that's right? right that's, that's why right. you rip a band-aid off that's right yeah. So you can get some air going. Yeah. And so now I'm I'm far enough away from the sting of the Band-Aid that the air is coming and I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Good. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what you do next. Thanks. It's gonna Maybe be it'll exciting. be Spyhood. We'll you know? Be, yeah. <laughs> Take it and run with it. Seriously. Spyhood. I love, love it. it. <laughs> Web of moms. We'll see. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, fun. good luck. And I hope to Thanks. see you again soon. Yeah, fun. We'll figure something out. Yeah, that would like be great. That. Okay, good. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> you got a brand new key. I think that we should.